0: Good morning, good morning everyone. Welcome to our services this morning. So glad that everybody could make it today, and if you're online, we welcome you as well. If you're visiting, we especially want to welcome you, and thank you for coming our way and hope that you will again. Let's start with, he has made me glad, if you wouldn't mind, please stand with me as we sing. We'll sing it two times.
1: I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the
2: day that the Lord has made.
1: I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad, he has made me glad, he has made me glad, I will rejoice for he has made me glad, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart, I will enter his courts with praise, I will say this I will rejoice, for He has made me glad. He has made me glad. He has made me glad. glad. I will rejoice, for He has made me glad.
0: next two kind of go together, so I'm going to just segue from one straight into the next.
1: Ah! Changing you, we have come.
3: you here at West Irwin and those who are live streaming. I have a few announcements. Donnie Carthon online Zoom classes this evening at five o'clock. The topic is Until I Return and the Zoom links are posted on our app within announcements. And tonight there's a Bible study by Bill Allen in the chapel at five o'clock p.m. And this Wednesday night uh, the East Restaurant Food Truck will be here from 5 o'clock to 6.15 p.m., then our Bible classes at 6.30. And if you are part of a small group or would like to be in a small group, we welcome you to join us for refreshments next Sunday night, January the 16th at 5 o'clock p.m. in the Family Life Center for a new season of West Irwin Small Groups. Janice Hardaway is at Providence Park, room 609. And Ponder Wright, he's in an immobilizer for two to three weeks due to his knee surgery. Candy Hilder is going to have surgery maybe on the 12th or 19th, and then she'll be a splint for two weeks, then on a scooter for four to six weeks. Eileen Clark will have surgery this Tuesday. Joanne Wicklinson's grandson, Aiden O'Donnell, had surgery last Tuesday. We have some who are dealing with COVID, and that's Rachel Huff and Rick and Karen Fidel. Don Crawford, he's now home. Leanne Freeman's father, Jose, had quadruple bypass surgery last Monday. Cheryl Miles is asking for prayers that her daughter, Stephanie McCool, will regain her mobility. And we have some sad news. Uh, Denny Whitley's son, Steve, passed away last Friday due to a sudden heart attack. And Denny and Regina Whitley were former members here at West Irwin. They're now at Shiloh Road. And we also are saddened by the loss of Jim Boyd. Right over here, there's a void where Jim and Helen sit. And the Boyds, they spent their lives in the service of the church. They worked in the benevolence, teaching, card ministry, missions. Jim was once a leader of our Young at Hearts group, and Helen managed all the emails for the Young at Heart, and we will greatly miss them. And so we ask prayers for their family. Let's go to our Father in prayer. Father, it's difficult for us to comprehend that you... Who spoke this world into existence knows our every need and hears our prayers. We are humbled by the thought that the heavens declare your glory and proclaims your handiwork. And Father, we're thankful for your love. You gave your only Son, who gives us hope for eternal life. And Father, as we turn the calendar page, <clears throat> into a new year <clears throat> we face many challenges and uncertainties and we pray that our faith will be bigger than our fears as first peter 5 7 says <clears throat> casting all your anxiety on him for he cares for you father we have many names we're going to bring to you from our prayer and care list: eileen clark joanne wickerson's grandson aiden o'donnell Ponder Wright, Janice Hardaway, Candy Hilder, Donnie Carnathan, Rachel Huff, <clears throat> Rick and Karen Fidel, Don Crawford, Cheryl Miles' daughter, Stephanie, Lee Freeman's father, Jose, and we lift our prayers for peace and comfort to be on family and loved ones who lost Jim and Helen Boyd, and the Wheatley's family and the loss of Danny's son, Steve and all those who are on our prayer and care list. Father, we are thankful for the peace up in our country, the military and the teachers, and we especially pray for our health care workers here and abroad who are willing to help others, and we pray for them especially to be energized and strengthened as the daily tasks of dealing with this COVID. Father, we pray for our government leaders and world leaders, and may they uphold your word and bless them with the knowledge of wisdom of Govern and justice, Father. We see great turmoil in the country of Kazakhstan, and we ask you to be with those people, and we pray that these issues they have there be resolved peacefully. And Father, we ask you to bless Bill Allen this morning, in presenting your Word, presenting a Word in such a way that renews our faith and can be used as our highway map for our life's journey. For we know that the grass withers and the flowers fade, but your word stands and endures forever. Father, we thank you for the freedom to come here together today and worship you. And may our worship this morning be in spirit and truth. We all love you, Father, and we ask that each one of us as we go about our daily lives, that we have the ability to to see and glow with our Christian light, and that light will shine brightly as we look for opportunities to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We pray that you will surround us with your peace and that you will revive us again. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: A guy named Ray Overholt. Probably never heard of him, but I think when we talk about him, you'll know who he is. So Ray was born in Michigan, 1924. Uh, his mom was a singer-songwriter and had some popularity, had published a few songs. His dad was a musician, and so at a young age, they bought him a guitar, and he strived and eventually became a singer-songwriter. Wrote his first song at age 10, made it onto the country music scene, uh, made it into bars, made it into things like that. And then one day, at the peak of his success, he realized, I'm just a drunkard with nowhere to go but down. And so he decided that I'm going to change and I'm going to start writing songs about Christ. So he quickly realized, I don't have a background. I don't know who Jesus is. I know nothing about the man that I'm about to write about and sing about. So he began to dig into the Bible. And what he found changed his life. Uh, At the peak of his success, I think he was around 52, 53 years of age, he wrote a song, and I want to read to you one of the verses, the first verse in the course of the song that I think you'll recognize. He said, They bound the hands of Jesus in the garden where he prayed. They led him through the streets in shame. They spit upon the Savior, so pure and free from sin. They said, Crucify him, he's to blame. He could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world and set them free. He could have called 10,000 angels, but he died alone for you and me. So Ray struggled with the fact of thinking that, well, Jesus died for me. He thought it would be easy for someone to have died for all of humanity. But he said, the more I dug into the Bible, the more I realized that's not what happened. He died for my sins. He died specifically for me, and if nobody else would have been in the world, Jesus would have still come and died and suffered and endured what he did for me. And so he said he suffered and died alone. Let's think about that as we've taken the Lord's Supper. Father, we are grateful for uh, what you did for us in sending Jesus to die for each of us. We know that it's my sins and our sins that hung him on that cross. Uh, Father, we know that you had that in plan from day one, and we're grateful for that. Father, please help us as we take this bread which represents that body that hung on that cross and help us to remember uh, the sacrifice that you did make for us and help us, uh, help us to partake of this in a manner that pleases you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's pray. Father, the same way that that body hung on that cross, we know that the blood was shed on that cross. We know that the blood that uh, ran from the hands and the feet and the side and the head and the back, Father, that you had plans for that blood as well and as to wash us of our sins. Thank you for that uh, blood that cleanses us. And thank you for this fruit of the vine which represents that blood. Help us to take it in a manner that pleases you as well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We talked this morning in our Bible class about contentment and what that looks like in our Christian walk and how we, as, as Americans, as a culture, we strive to have more. We strive to have better. We strive to have bigger. And we don't seem to have a lot of contentment. And we talked about how to find that contentment. One thing that the Bible tells us is that we give, and we give sacrificially, and God's not content with that. He takes that and he multiplies it. He never keeps it where it's at. He takes it and gives more, and he gives back, and he multiplies. Let's think about that as we pray. Father, we truly are a blessed nation. We're a blessed people. Each person in this audience here and online are blessed. And, Father, you've given those blessings. I pray that we can think about the things that we do have. I pray that we can think about the fact that they all came from you. Father, I also pray that uh, you'll be with the people that are um, distributing the funds that we collected today and the money. And I pray that you will allow that to grow And, Father, we know that all the blessings and all the growth comes from you. Uh, We know that you're not content with what we give because you always multiply. Father, I pray that we can find our contentment in you and always uh, find the things that make us happy, Father, and to give those back to you and lay them at your feet. Uh, Father, I pray all these things in your son's name. Amen.
5: Let's sing Jesus Loves Me and let our kids come up for kids' time today Yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me when I'm good, when I do the things I should. Jesus loves me when I'm bad. So it makes him very sad. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. So we just sang that yes, Jesus loves me. And how do we know that? What tells us so? The Bible tells us so. That's right. How many of you have read the Bible? Okay. How many of you have read the Bible all the way through? Several. Good. Very good. Very good. I'm so proud of you for that. Well, you know, we're going to be talking about the Bible as God's Word today. Now, who of you has a favorite story from the Bible? Can you think of a story or two from the Bible? What? Adam and Eve? Okay. That's a good start. What about you? Daniel in the lion's den. You know, I think my wife, Miss Joyce, she remembers her grandpa, her papa, telling her the story of Daniel in the lion's den. Okay, when the Lord died on the cross for us, that's right. Okay, Abraham's trip to Canaan, very good. We're reading about that in Genesis right now. How about it? Jonah and the big fish, that's right, that's very, very good. Well, all of those are wonderful stories from the Bible. Now, we're going to sing a song right now about the Bible, and you have sung it in our Bible classes and in our Wednesday night Bible hour, but you know what? Mr. Bill has never sung this song before, so you're going to have to help me out, okay? Do you know the more we read the Bible? Do you all know that song? Okay, this could be fun then. All right, here we go. The more we read the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the more we read the Bible, the happier we'll be. We learn about Jesus and how we may please him. The more we read the Bible, the happier we'll be. How many of you, that's the first time you've ever sung that? Uh Uh-oh, someone needs to go to class. Uh, Okay, well, we're going to try that one more time while we're sitting up here, okay? So don't leave yet. Ready? Uh, Maybe raise it a bit. The more we read the Bible, the Bible, the Bible, the more we read the Bible, the happier we'll be. We learn about Jesus and how we may please him. The more we read the Bible, the happier we'll be. And you know why we'll be happier when we read the Bible? Because the Bible tells me so, that Jesus loves me. Okay, we can go back to our seats or back to our children's worship and blast. (laughs) Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so.
0: All right, yes, it is time for the blast program. If you're involved in that, you are dismissed. Everyone else, please stand with me if you don't mind. Now, this is a toe tapper, so if you tap your toe, that's cool. And I like it to be kind of up-tempo, so let's not go too slow.
1: These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant Moses, righteousness being restored. And though these are days of great trial,
5: God like Jehovah, and we are the laborers in his vineyard, declaring the word of the Lord. Thanks for leading that great song, Rusty. I love that song uh, so much. This morning, we're beginning a new sermon series, and I'm going to share a little bit about that as we begin. But first, I want to call attention to something that may very well be in your house. You likely have this displayed in your house somewhere. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. Bible trivia test time. Do you know where that's found? And if you say the Bible, you're correct. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Um, can you be a little more specific? I hear it. It is Old Testament. And if you said Isaiah, you are exactly correct. Isaiah is correct. And if you said Isaiah 40, you really, really got it whipped. I have learned through the years that uh, if I can remember the book and the chapter of a passage, I can find the verse. It may take me a minute or two, not very long, uh, but I can find it. And I, just like uh, as I was preparing for this lesson, noticing the song list that Rusty had picked out, This wonderful songs, these wonderful songs we've sung today, we sang the song, Thy Word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path, that wonderful song that was uh, the words written by Amy Grant and the music by Michael W. Smith, and it's taken from Psalm... If I told you it's taken from the longest chapter in the Bible, would you know? Psalm 119. That's right. And so I realize that that was in Psalm 119, but I never can remember verse 105. So it does take a while to read through it to get to verse 105. But if you know that this great statement, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, they will soar on wings like eagles, and you know that that's in Isaiah 40, then well done, on you. This morning begins that new sermon series, and this is the title of it, Strength for the Weary, Isaiah 40. I want us in these last four weeks of January to look at this great, incredible chapter, Isaiah chapter 40. It ends with this statement, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. But there's so much else that is found in this chapter that gives us the same kind of strength and encouragement, especially when we're weary. And so this morning, we begin by focusing upon the Word of God. Because in the first part of this great chapter, that's what Isaiah focuses on. That's what he reminds us of, as his desire is to bring strength for the weary. Today, we focus on the Word of God. And another very familiar passage that you may not have known was in Isaiah 40, is in Isaiah 40. And it's this call in the first five verses, prepare the way for the Lord. You know that is the great statement from John the Baptist when he was announcing the coming of Jesus, soon to happen. He's quoting directly from Scripture. He's specifically quoting from Isaiah chapter 40. Prepare the way of the Lord, just as we sang a moment ago. Uh, Isaiah 40 verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double For all her sins. Verse 3. A voice of one calling. In the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. These words in this chapter can find so many places and times and peoples that need to hear it so desperately, including the 8th century BC and the time of Isaiah, when the northern kingdom of Israel was taken captive at the hands of the world empire, the Assyrians. And they threatened Jerusalem and would have taken it too, and all of Judah, except for the faithfulness of Isaiah the prophet and a faithful king by the name of Hezekiah. Years later, of course, it could be especially important for those Jews in the southern kingdom of Judah when Judah was threatened again and Jerusalem was ultimately overtaken, this time at the hands of the Babylonians. And then less than a hundred years after that, that group that comes back from exile in Babylon, modern-day Iraq around the Middle East, that part of the Middle East, All of that, we see that that's going on, and they go back, and they hear these words again from Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. It's a call for comfort and tenderness and words that bring about hope. And especially to those who are suffering can hear these words, your time of punishment has come to an end. Your suffering is over. Things are about to get better. For some reason or another, I thought that seemed like an appropriate message for us today in January of 2022. We have been at this for a long time, and I appreciate the continued prayers as our shepherd David Wicks led us as we continue to go through this very draining and challenging and life threatening COVID-19 pandemic. And now it's 2022, and here we are still. And you know what? We're tired. We're tired. We're weary. We want to be past this. But what we have found is just the want to be past this doesn't quite get us past it. It's still very much a reality that we're figuring out how to live with. For many, they're still at home, and rightly so. Others are at home and need to be here, just saying. Many are trying to figure out, well, how, how much can I do? How much should I do? And we're tired of having to ask those questions. We're tired of having to deal with things that we haven't had to deal with before. And most of all, we're just weary. And we need strength. The call of Isaiah tells us we don't have to give in to the weariness. Nor should we. Because God gives strength for the weary. He gives comfort to his people. He speaks tenderly to us. He reminds us that one day the things that we're struggling with today will come to an end. Everything in this world, the good things and the bad, the blessings and the challenges are temporary. They come and they go. But we're going to see something today that stays on forever that David mentioned in his wonderful prayer. And so the prophet says, prepare for God's coming blessings. It's coming. It's coming. He hears that call to speak words of calmness, of comfort, of tenderness, of relief, of deliverance. And then these verses in verses 3 and following. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all the people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And it's no wonder, no wonder, that when they come to John the Baptist and they say, Who are you? Are you the Messiah? Are you the long-awaited Messiah? Nope, not me. Well, then who are you? I am Isaiah 40. I am the voice of one calling. Prepare the way for the Lord. Because that time of deliverance, that time of salvation, that time that Isaiah promised where all the the rough things in the road would become smooth, I I don't snow-ski. I have never snow skied. See, I, I take some, thang, some things you can't share with people until you've built up years of credibility with them. <clears throat> I figure it's almost six years now. I can say that out loud. I, I've never snow skied, and here's the here's you see. There's an asterisk by that statement, and you look down at the bottom of the page, and this is what that says: nor do I want to ever. I love, I love that many of you love that. I love that many of you go all the time and, and that's where your happy place is. I think that's great. Bill's happy place, if you took me snow skiing with you, would be with a flannel shirt and uh, flannel jeans and my guitar in the uh, little lobby area waiting for you with a cup of hot chocolate or coffee. If that's skiing, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. But from what I understand, from those of you that ski, there's something called moguls. Am I saying that right? There are these little bumps as you're skiing that can you kind of have to maneuver around or you could take a spill. Isaiah says, the rough ground shall become level. The rugged places, a plain. Every path will be bunny slopes. (laughs) That's what Isaiah is saying. That's how good, that's how calm, that's how easy it's going to get. What a great and wonderful image. John picks that up and he says, prepare for God's coming blessings. And we read about that in the first few chapters of Matthew and Mark and Luke. And Luke especially tells us in Luke chapter 3 that... This is going to get tough, because some are not ready for him to come yet, and you need to get ready. And that may mean that you've changed your life some. And John's word for that, and Jesus' word for that, and the early church's word for that, and our word for that is repent. There may be some things that you need to change. But here's the announcement. Here's the message. Things are going to be better. Things are going to get smoother. You will be delivered because the Lord is coming. Prepare the way for the Lord. And then the heart of this first passage that we look at from Isaiah 40 is verses 6 through 8, where the prophet says, The word of our God endures forever. Not everything will but the word of our God will. In Isaiah 40, beginning at verse 6, a voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. What's the message? You're telling me comfort these people, bring them words of tenderness and strength. And, and so Isaiah says, okay, what, what, what shall I cry out? What do I say? The answer is the ancient words. That's what you say. That's what you share with them. Those ancient words. You know, at this time of year, as you know, it's my tendency to, to encourage us all to read through the Bible in a year. I'm glad to see several of our children <laughs> have done that already. Um, but I, th- I think it's a great thing, and if you haven't started yet, that's okay. Just start today and read today's reading first and go on and catch up. You're just, you know, a little bit through Genesis, okay? You're quite a bit through Genesis, but not, not anything unbearable. And so I really encourage you to do that. I'm doing Facebook lessons at 3 p.m. live on my Facebook page. They stay there, and then they're also shared on our other West Irwin Facebook pages and on our website after that. And we're just talking through the current week's reading on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And let me tell you another thing about our brother Jim Boyd. We were talking about this. We were talking about daily Bible reading and all of that. And I said, Jim, I'm sure that you have read through the Bible many times through the years. He says, oh, yeah, I, I have. I have it. I still do. He says, I still try to read through the Bible every year. And this is what he said. Usually what I do is I get three or four or five translations and read through each of them in a year. <laughs> and we wonder why his heart was so big and his faithfulness so genuine. The word of our God endures forever. That's the message. And the other part of that message is that this world and humanity will pass. Isaiah says all of those things are like grass. All of those things are like the flowers of the field. Even people's faithfulness, he says. And we see that in such a big way. We're excited about January, uh, February 6th coming up because on that Sunday morning on February the 6th we're going to honor and acknowledge the wonderful blessing and gifts of the lives of some of our members here the members of this church family that have passed away in 2020 and 2021 and so far in 2022 and we're going to try to do that in in an appropriate way but As we do that, we're, we're going to be saying more about that because obviously we need your help to make sure that we don't leave anyone out because we sure don't want to. And these are just those individuals who were members of our church at the time. But what we want to do is we want to be able to acknowledge the great gift and the great faith that they have passed on to us. But what Isaiah reminds us of is this, even the most faithful among us, Will pass. Their lives ultimately will also be like the grass, the flowers that are here and blooming and planting and then gone. There is only one thing that endures forever, Isaiah says. It is not people, it's not even people's faithfulness but it is the word of our God. That's what endures forever. And so as we're starting a new year, and yes, I think we're still starting, (laughs) what a great reminder for us to ask ourselves on what am I basing my life? Am I basing it on things that are here for a while? Maybe even good things. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about those from the context of Isaiah 40. And they may be good, they may be not so good, but none of them is forever. And so let's base our lives on something that is forever the Word of God. Something that will endure. Something that will not change. Something that holds great and precious promises. Isaiah says in chapter 55 that this word of God that endures forever will always accomplish what God wants it to accomplish. And as you know from reading these verses, verse 8 of Isaiah 40, especially the grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, Bill, you know, I'm not real familiar with Isaiah or Isaiah 40, but I sure have heard that verse before. Yes, you have. You may want to click on or turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. In this great beginning of this wonderful book of 1 Peter. Peter says this beginning in verse 23 of 1 Peter 1. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Through the living and enduring word of God. Don't you love that statement? The living and enduring word of God. Four verse 24 of 1 Peter 1, all people are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever, and this is the word that was preached to you. As Peter writes to individuals who are at the bottom of the social scale, whose lives were a mess the way the world would measure it. They had no power. They had no authority. They likely had no wealth. And yet Peter reminds them in this great first chapter of of their chosenness. They were chosen. They were blessed. They were sanctified. They were saved. And in this passage, they were redeemed. They were born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Not like the grass and the flowers. That bloom and grow and wither and die. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. A direct quote from Isaiah chapter 40. In 2 Peter 1 and in 2 Timothy 3 and 4, those two apostles speak in very clear, clear terms. That the Bible is the inspired and authoritative word of God. And that authority can be found nowhere else. Nowhere else. Except in inspired scripture. And it's profitable and it's useful and it's helpful. And it brings us strength and it brings us comfort. And it brings us joy because it brings us hope. Holy words, long words. Preserved for our walk in this world, they resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart. The word of our God endures forever. Thirdly, this morning, God carries his people close to his heart. God carries his people close to his heart. In Isaiah 40, verses 9 through 11, You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, don't be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. Verse 11. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Just as David quoted earlier, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Whatever's going on in your life right now, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. And that's what Isaiah said. Almost 3,000 years ago. He speaks about his great power. And he's going to speak about it more. And that's really going to be the focus of the next two sermons in this series. How no one can compare with God. Because he is the creator. He is the all-powerful creator. But in the midst of all of that power. He brings his reward with him verse 10 says, and he comforts his people like a shepherd. He holds us in his arms. He keeps us close to his heart. He gently leads us. All those wonderful images from verse 11 are true. They were true in Isaiah's day. They were true when John the Baptist took this chapter and announced the coming of the Savior. And they're true today, whatever you're going through. God holds you close to his heart. He holds you in his arms. He gently leads you like a shepherd. Jesus in John 10 said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And that's what God did for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Well, as we close today, this statement, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. The voice says, cry out, prepare the way for the Lord. What do we cry? What do we say? What is our message? It's the word of the Lord. The word of our God endures forever. That God carries his people close to his heart. That he will not let you go. And that you do not face what you're going through today by yourself. Strength for the weary. These words in Isaiah chapter 40. As we read through the rest of this passage. Starting in verse 12. These are the verses that we will look at in the weeks ahead. Isaiah 40 verse 12. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? Or with the breath of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him and who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in the bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. "'Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, "'nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. "'Before him all the nations are as nothing. "'They are regarded by him as worthless "'and less than nothing.'" Verse 18, "'With whom then will you compare God? "'To what image will you liken him? "'As for an idol, a metal worker casts it, "'and a goldsmith overlays it with gold "'and fashions silver chains for it? "'A person too poor to present such an offering "'selects wood that will not rot.'" They look for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. Do you not know, verse 21, have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground, than he blows on them and they wither. And a whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. Verse 25, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Verse 28, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Words of hope, give us strength, help us cope. In this world, wherever we roam, ancient words will guide us home. If you need to come home to this God, come as we stand, sing our song together.
1: When we walk with the Lord,
0: whether in person or online, and it's certainly been uplifting to me to stand in front of you and listen to you sing. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And thank you, Bill, for your lesson today. Let's sing one verse of Shine, Jesus Shine, and we'll be dismissed by prayer.
1: Lord, the light of your love,
2: Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful Lord's Day that you've given us. Thank you for Brother Bill and his family that can bring us the bread of life. Lord, we remember this holiday season and we pray that we know that we have a lot of people here that have lost a loved one. And it seems like the holidays always cause us to remember that loved one. Luckily, we can always do it with a cheerful heart, loving memory. Lord, bless our people that are, and our loved ones that are not here today, that maybe in our military or our first responders, Lord, that are out there watching over us and protecting us. And Lord, we just ask that you bless everyone here and guide, guard, and direct us in everything that we say and do.